guys, and welcome back to We Know How to Read. I'm Natalie. And I'm Megan. I'm Amy. And welcome to They Know How to Write, our series about authors and author interviews. And we're so excited to have Amy here as our first interview of, of the series. Woo! Yes, we are so, so excited. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. And so we're just going to do some little icebreakers and check in with everyone. We're going to start off with what are you reading? Megan? Gonna go off. Um, yeah, so I am currently reading Practical Magic, um, which is a classic. I just had never read it before. I started reading it about a month ago, and I've been kind of like slowly cozy reading it while reading a bunch of other things throughout. <laughs> a lot of Kindle stuff. Uh, so yeah, that is what I am currently reading. So Amy, are you currently reading anything, or is life too hectic right now between <laughs> writing and all of your other hobbies that you have? <laughs> Yeah, life is a little bit crazy. I am um, currently, I'm listening to the audiobook of, um, it's called The Powers, Haven's Secret. It's by Jessica Benoist and Melissa Benoist. And there is actually a third author listed. I don't remember their name right now, but <laughs> it's excellent. It's a middle grade uh, fantasy book. And then obviously I have a small child. I'm reading <laughs> lots of Dave Pilkey who run, he writes all the Captain Underwear, uh, Captain Underpants. Yes. Book. Yes. A lot yeah, of that yeah. too. <laughs> I remember when those came out and I was like, what is this? <laughs> they are surprisingly clever. Like they're really well done. I'm enjoying them, but yeah, it's, you know, maybe a little bit below my normal level. Yes. I am currently reading the sequel to the Thunderbirds Academy. Don't ask me I have my Kindle here for a reason <laughs> because I always forget um of Destiny and Illusions the Thunderbird Academy book two I on a whim picked up book one and I was like well reading book two <laughs> now so that is that yeah that's what I'm reading I'm I'm trying to procrastinate I author that I really like is putting out a third book next week so I'm trying to time it well where I read the second book and then the third book immediately comes out. <laughs> so I have that instant gratification. <laughs> That's always nice. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better, some of the stuff that they know about us, we're going to ask about you. Okay. Um, are you a Harry Potter Hogwarts person? I am. Yes. I was so, a huge fan when it came out. You know what we're going to ask. What's your house? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I first did Pottermore, it sorted me into Gryffindor, but I, um, I start almost every conversation with the words, I just read an article about, so I'm <laughs> probably more of a Ravenclaw. Definitely, definitely. Okay, oh, yeah. so when I first took it on Pottermore, I was a Gryffindor, and then I was sorted a second time into Ravenclaw. So I think we're the same. <laughs> And I was just straight Hufflepuff every time. Nice. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, there is always this big debate that we always have that Megan and I talk about that has been circulating every few years when a new book comes out. It's which immortal being species would you like to be? There's always the werewolves, the vampires, mm -hmm. and with recent years, it's the fae. Yeah. If you could be one, which one would you be? So, um, so I know that like, even the werewolves and the, the vampires, they're getting like a, a nicer spin to them. But I think in general, I'd go Faye. Uh, I like the magic, like, yeah. you know, there's, there's a, like a nice range there of, you know, like 
the not so nice ones and the the much much good like the good witch type ones (laughs) (laughs) yes I think I I've been trying to explain it to my friends so some of my friends are really getting into new fantasy that's been released over the last five years and they're like all these books have fae and they're like trying to picture it in their heads and I am trying the best way I can explain it to them I said it's like the elves from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. It's visually, that's what it is nowadays. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. like elves and fae are pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. Now. Although I will absolutely, would absolutely 100% be a Tinkerbell fairy. Like, <gasps> hands down. Oh, bless. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me live in Pixie Hollow, 100% be okay with that. <laughs> I love that. Love I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> And our last little icebreaker question is elemental magic. If you could have yes. one, would it be fire, water, earth, or wind? <laughs> oh gosh, I think about this question an unreasonable amount. Same. Uh, so do we, don't even worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost always, I think the impression I usually give off is that I would like be water. Like generally I'm a calming presence, I think to other people. However, within me, I'm, I feel like, um, I feel like Bruce Banner and the Hulk a lot of time. So I, I always think it would be fire. <laughs> for, for me. Literally as we, as we were sitting here, I was like, she's a water. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes, I don't know what it was, but I was like, I was like trying to guess before you said it. I was like water. I know. Yeah, we no. were, I had a watch party for the Lord of the Rings rings of power a week ago. And we were literally sitting at the table before we watched and we were all discussing which element we were. <laughs> that was just like five days ago. <laughs> my, my sister and I always have the conversation pertaining to Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes, that's which, why I it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure. I, I, not everybody knows. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we, we talk about that a lot. And that, because Avatar The Last Airbender, those elements are different than like a more normal fantasy story element. So it could go either way, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. true. And Katara is a badass. So oh, such a badass. Thank you. Redemption for Katara. I, yes. I wanted to be her. So I also identified Same. with water, but I feel like I would be more fire. Yeah. Um, but I really want to be water. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I am fire through and through. There is no, <laughs> there is no question. I am. No. <laughs> My husband is earth. I'm fire. We make pottery. I don't know. <laughs> so awesome. Awesome. Yay. That's so cool. I love this. All right. So we're going to just kind of segue into our next portion. Um, just talking about books broadly. Mm-hmm. So you were saying that you listen to an audiobook. Is that your preferred format of listening or reading books? Or do you like ebooks or physical books? Do you have a preference? So if I if I really like if I had all the time to myself to do exactly what I want, I want to be on the couch with like a paperback or a hardback. That's what I want. But I love that ebooks and audiobooks exist because I can't read in the car. So audiobooks. And if I'm like waiting extra long at the doctor's office, I have my books on my phone. Like it's amazing. I love technology mostly. Um, (laughs) But if I had to choose, it's holding a physical book, but I love them all. Yes. 
I am unfortunately a terrible person. I cannot do any audio, none. Uh, sure. Like even my, our own, our podcast. I can, I can, <laughs> it's so, I feel so bad. I listened this to This was like one of the first things we talked about and she was like, I can't do podcasts. I was like, but we're starting a podcast. <laughs> It, 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 unfortunately it puts me to sleep and I like within like Josh that's my husband when we go on trips and I am like kind of bored or I don't feel like reading at the moment he's like I'm gonna put on a podcast and I immediately recline <laughs> and I know within about five minutes I'll be asleep and it <laughs> and I'm so afraid that's gonna happen with an audiobook I'm just gonna calm out <laughs> see I'm the exact Sorry. opposite I love audiobooks um, I have a long commute to work every day, mm-hmm. so it's super nice to, like you were saying, you can't read when you drive, unfortunately. Um, so audiobooks, but I'm also, I think we all three are the same, would much rather have a physical book. Yeah. Oh, so for sure. It. Now, oh, yeah. my Kindle, I, I used to hate Kindles. I was just like, because I got my first <laughs> Kindle when I was probably, I was way, I I didn't appreciate what I had at the time. Mm. It was actually a nook, I think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I was like, I only read hardback and paperback. I don't do technology. <laughs> I was so like, it's just so Ravenclaw of me. <laughs> and I, since I've become an adult, I, Kindle Unlimited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could not live without it I am like where where has it been my entire life I've only had it I've had it less than a year my Kindle Unlimited worth every penny worth every penny oh absolutely, absolutely. worth every penny yeah I have an audible subscription and I, I feel the same yeah, yeah same exactly. I have audible and Kindle Unlimited and I actually I read your books on uh on my Kindle okay. um yeah same. so yeah <laughs> So it's great. I do have an extensive library, but uh, I do also have a big Kindle <laughs> library as well. It's always, they're everywhere. <laughs> I do have to admit that this is probably terrible, terrible of me as an author, but I try to reserve the books that I buy for the ones that I really want to own. Like I yep. don't usually just yeah. buy any book just because it's there. Mm-hmm. I usually do sort of save that for like really nice editions of the ones I really, really want. Or in the nonfiction side of things, ones I can take notes in. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. yeah. I totally agree. I am the person, and I am so guilty of this. I will read a book on my Kindle because a lot of times I can't find books in my local bookstores that I want to read. So that is a plus for my Kindle. Yeah. And typically I end up then ordering it. So I have the physical copy after I'm done reading it. Yeah, that's yeah I, I do. Mean. I do the same. Um, I am terrible and I see a book. I go to a bookstore and I leave with like three books. Um, <laughs> and so the majority of the books that I own, I have not read yet. <laughs> that it's, so. it's they, we always have this conversation, right? It's like two different mm-hmm. hobbies. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I just oh, yeah. added a sticker to my laptop. I'm very selective <laughs> of my stickers that I add. And um, I only have two on there. That's how selective <laughs> I am. I have two. One is Calcifer from, oh, I love this. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> um, I, it's Calcifer eating the egg. Mm-hmm. And then I have, um, it's not considered hoarding if it's books. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So those are my two yeah. stickers on my laptop. <laughs> it really says a lot about me. <laughs> yeah. When I would introduce myself to my students, I would always, at first I started to be like, I love books. I, you know, collect books. Now I'm like, I'm not a bookworm. I'm a book dragon, but instead of gold, it's just books. And I just sit, you know, on my pile of books. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So I, just a little segue here. Yeah. You were talking about, I think in one of our messages about education and you actually have a bachelor's and master's in music education. Is that correct? I sure do. Did you teach for a period of time? Yeah, I taught um, elementary and, uh, well, elementary, the general music course and band, middle school band, jazz band. uh, And then I also taught a course at a university. I taught um, elementary methods for the music educators at um, Syracuse University one semester. Fantastic. So we are both educators. I am a former educator. I quit Mm -hmm. at the end of last year. I did photography and art nice in high school <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is very key. Yeah, yeah. and I I teach I'm currently teaching um and I used to teach high school but now I'm in eighth grade I teach Latin oh so, nice. yeah so we're a little <laughs> so I was so, very excited to see some of the Latin words in your book I was like oh <laughs> I get ridiculously excited when I see any type of Latin and there was one word that I looked up I think it was the um the school um the wizard school motto. I was like, okay, this first word, I don't, I know, but I don't know. And so I had to look it up, but I was like, I know that it's this, <laughs> you know, perfect passage, whatever. And I was like, oh, yay. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so as a music person, do you have a preferred instrument that you like to play or do you just kind of dabble with everything when yeah, so um, so in order to become a music ed major, you do have to have a primary instrument. Uh, mine is clarinet. Uh, okay. I would not tell you that that's my preferred instrument to play. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually know how long, how I survived as long as I did playing the clarinet, considering like I have some like weird like texture things and you have to read and I don't know, yeah. but, but yeah. it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And I, I have met so many people and done so many things because I played the clarinet, which I am very thankful for. Um, but I, I think if I had to keep up with an instrument more, it would probably be piano. Okay. The only reason I ask is my husband is a musician. And so I'm just like, okay, I need to know. <laughs> what you can't see is that there's an entire wall over here of like seven instruments. Oh, nice. So we have two acoustics, a violin, a piano, um, a ukulele electric guitar I mean there's like and then he's a singer so like we have mics everywhere (laughs) that's awesome so yes so since you are a music person do you listen to music while you write like when you're doing all your writing and everything I usually don't honestly I um so uh what I will do is I will listen to music ahead of writing okay um like things that might prepare me like from a headspace perspective Mm -hmm. but when I listen to music that I know I pay attention to the music that I know so I absolutely cannot listen to music with words when I'm writing and even a lot of more like classical tracks and and maybe um video game scores and things like that if I really know them all mm-hmm. of a sudden I am humming or doing something else, <laughs> thinking about something else. So I don't usually listen to music while I write. All right. Do you do anything else to help set up your space when you are writing? Do you like have a 
specific drink that you like to have, like the lighting, all that? Do you do anything to prep yourself when you're writing or anywhere will do? Yeah. So I, I always thought that I was that kind of person who would like need a whole setup. But the fact is I really only write after my kid goes to bed. I have about like 40 minutes to an hour between when he goes to bed and I go to bed. So it's really just like dive onto the keyboard and write as fast as I can. <laughs> it's my setup. <laughs> so as a fellow, so both of us are writers. We're mm-hmm. in very different stages of our writing. What I struggle with, at least, at least in the part that I am in my own writing is, do you sit down every single day and just jump on? How do you find that motivation? Like, how do you find that schedule to get yourself to write and create? I, that's just something that I don't always have tangible and like within reach. Yeah. Um, I struggled with that for a long time until I just, I was like, there's a book in me. There is. And I'm not going to lie. So I turned 40 in January. It was highly motivating to, to like publish a book because <laughs> it, it was something I wanted to do for so long, you know, so I started writing, I just started writing regularly. And the thing that helped me the most was um, my critique partner, uh, JL Vampa. She actually has a book coming out very soon. It's very exciting. <laughs> and uh, she and I just started trading words every single Wednesday. And sometimes we had 500 words and sometimes we had 2000 words and sometimes we had 5,000 or whatever it was. We just started trading every single Wednesday and we give each other comments. We have not done that for our book twos. I will tell you that it's not, uh, it was not as helpful, helpful from like a real critique mm-hmm. point of view because mm-hmm. we were doing all first draft stuff and we all know that the first draft is <laughs> not the best draft. So, yes. but it was great yes. for accountability. Like I knew on Wednesdays I had to get her something and it was good. That's so interesting. I love that, that is really cool. I like that a lot. The accountability piece of it. Yeah. That's nice. So and my it, little like mid panic that I just had, ooh, when's your <laughs> birthday in January? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, it's January 16th. <laughs> That's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I turned 30 on January 16th this year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, that's why I was just like, wait a second. What are the odds? Oh my gosh. I have never, I've only met one other person born on my birthday my entire life. Oh my gosh. Seriously? Yeah. January 16th is like a big, so January birthdays in my family. My, my dad's the next day. My niece is like a couple weeks later. My nephew is a couple weeks later. I just I've known a lot of people. My cousin is January 16th. So I've known a lot of people. Because <laughs> you're not actually related to me. No, so, that's so funny because I have collected I say collected I have collected a group of friends that are all born between January 11th and January 17th huh? and we're all and we call it our birthday week because we all turn the same age nice. and so some years we've had like big parties on the weekend um that's so crazy <laughs> I'm like blown away right now <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) I completely just took me over. (laughs) Okay. So same birthday, Mm. both started out as Gryffindors, then turned to Ravenclaws. Both fire. You know, yeah. Fire. Yep. (laughs) Oh, that's so, I love that. I love that. Now, 
I was looking at one of your other interviews, your beautiful media page that you have provided for anybody who wants to get to know you more. Um, obsessed with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm not sure where I grabbed this little nugget from, but I was reading through and you said that the entire duology, which will then be a trilogy, mm-hmm. was based off of a contest or a submission for Quick Write. Can you go into that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So, um, so a friend of mine, uh, Sasha Black, she uh, is, she's big in the indie world. She writes both craft books and she writes fiction books as well. And she has this excellent podcast as well called the Rebel Authors Podcast. And it's more of like a, um, uh, it's more of a, like a craft kind of podcast. Uh, and, but anyway, she decided she was going to do this anthology. So she put out this announcement, like, I'm looking for submissions. Here are the guidelines, creative swearing encouraged, and go. So for whatever reason, when I listened to the brief, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. It had to be like stories about rebels or like the bad guy winning or like the, the bad guy being the good guy or you know, those kinds of things. And I was like, I'm gonna do this. And I thought about it for a little while. I came up with an idea and I started writing the short story. And as I was finishing up one of the drafts of the short story, I was like, turned to my husband. I was like, oh no, these are books. <laughs> I was like, amazing. It fills it in here. <laughs> and now it's two that books as well. <laughs> so that's so fascinating. So this kind of ties into that. So since you wrote this little short clip it and you're like, oh, this is more than just what I have written. Did you then go straight into just writing it on the page or did you have to like plan things out within the world? I don't know about you, but I have notebooks upon notebooks of planning. (laughs) (laughs) Or or does it just kind of flow from your fingertips? (laughs) So until I wrote this, I would have told you up and down, I'm a planner. That is what I do. Uh, I will tell you, that's not how this worked out. Um, so a couple things a couple things fed into it number one the very first image that I got when I started constructing this story usually what happens to me is I get this idea for a world and then I find some characters that I want to put in it and then the plot kind of builds from there what happened here was I thought of the characters first I had this image in my mind um, of of Reginald who is uh, like an inept human hero and he is in a moment of distress and then like he, then there's like a tree and he's like he it makes sense if you've read the books but he's like holding a bucket out and then and like also in the scene was like a little wall and there was this kind of slightly prissy snarky demon legs crossed on the wall looking at disgusted at Reginald and this was kind of the first image in my mind and so I wrote this short story sort of based off of that but originally I thought the short story if it was chosen for the anthology I thought the short story would be published and then I had three months that they had it exclusively and then my book would come out after that but the timeline for the anthology got moved the story did get accepted but now I'm stuck because I thought that was going to be the beginning of my book but now I'm writing a book and I don't have a beginning I don't have like the first three chapters (laughs) So I had to rewrite the entire beginning of the book. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and because of that, I think I sort of just let it spin a, a bit. Uh, I ended up, I mean, I ended up writing 
70,000 extra words that I never even used. I mean, it just, it was awful. Oh my gosh. Much, <laughs> there was a much tighter plan for book two, but book one was not, not planned, but, but still it was fun. It was fun letting them sort of take charge of the story. So that little, what I would say is one hell of an opening line, that iconic, I would say that's very iconic. Oh yeah. One of a kind opening line. <laughs> right off the that bat, was, I went, oh yeah, I'm going to like this. I, <laughs> I, I literally had it on my Kindle and I read it and I, I, I hit my husband because he was playing video games with his headphones on. And I was like, I need to read this to you. And I was just like, this is an amazing one-liner. So that was yeah. not part of the original, like you had to come up oh. with that I'm pretty sure it. after I'm pretty sure after I read that I snapchatted yes Natalie like I immediately was like oh my gosh I just started this book this is the opening line <laughs> have you started it yet and I was like um, nope I'm downloading <laughs> it now though um yeah no that was that was a new opening line but technically so um where did it originally start it originally started just before the storm like just at this like just before the storm is where so I thought I'd have like the first part and then have like cut to right before the storm you know yeah. no everything before <laughs> the storm is new <laughs> wow oh my god it fits between the two pieces right it's not like a true prequel mm-hmm. it's really just the how they met you know yeah. okay yeah okay okay yes I saw that somewhere on uh, I've been very much all over all of your pages in the last few days. And I feel like I, I've learned just so much information. Because <laughs> I read something about a prequel and I don't know if I'm getting authors confused, but your prequel is already out, yes? Yeah, so, so um, it, the actual story that's in the Rebel Diaries anthology, that is the story of how Mal and Reg actually met. Okay. And it's the story of how books one and two and eventually three will mm-hmm. you know play out all right so I wanted to ask you because you have a very unique title and you have very unique character names how did you one come up with the title for your book and, and two <laughs> how did you come up with your character names did they yeah come that to was you? that was my biggest thing because I, I absolutely love all of the names <laughs> <laughs> um so as as far I'll start with the title because it's a much more boring story um <laughs> the title I'm bad at this I am so bad at, like growing up I always thought the thing that would be the most fun about writing a book would be like doing the chapter names and the, the book title no 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 no. I don't know what on earth anything is supposed to be named after I've written it so um I came up with like I don't know I have like 25 different options and I sent I I kind of pulled a few people and I sent them to my editor like the the sort of winners and she was like this one I was like okay great <laughs> it's gonna be that one um so that's how that happened and then as far as the character names go they happen in usually in one of three ways Um, but names of things are wildly important to me I feel like they add um, an element of of reality to whatever it is you are creating so um, so I wanted them I always want names of things to be right Uh, sometimes like Elgar I'm just like blah, 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 their dwarf friend, Elgar. Well, I guess his name is Elgar now. <laughs> um, yeah. 
that happens. And then uh, there's also, I keep a list. I have, um, I don't know if you guys know Evernote. It's like an organizational app. Mm-hmm. That I'm a little bit obsessed with. And <laughs> I have been a client, of, or not a client, a customer of theirs for a very long time. And I have this gigantic list of every single time I like come across something or something occurs to me, I like jot it down. So I have this huge list of character names that I can always go and maybe pull from. Slope Castle is the name of a location in the in book two. And mm-hmm. uh, that's from that list. Uh, the one person I had a lot of trouble with was Mal. Okay. I had Reginald and I'd Reg, but I'm not like a, I don't read a lot of stuff with like demons in a, and I didn't really know what a demon name would be. So I actually went to a demon name generator online. I love this. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, I came across Malgon and I was like, oh, that'd be great because there's like Reginald and Reg and Malgon and Mal. That, mm-hmm. like, that makes sense as a demon name. Like Mal is bad. Um, and then, so I picked out his other two names as well from the, de- the demon generator January. <laughs> and then his distinctions I was like wouldn't it be hilarious if he was like the worst demon <laughs> so I just came up with like a bunch of ridiculous stuff that would be like really embarrassing for <laughs> that's how so that one of the things for me when I, I know they don't look like these characters and I know that they're <laughs> vastly different but for some reason it's like um what is it same same words different font kind of mm. thing for some reason I always picture the witcher and the bard with the <laughs> two of <laughs> I love that so like same like same kind of like image but like different fonts for me yes, yes. and that's what I like was picturing the entire time because like especially I don't know if you how much if you watch the witcher it seems like you have <laughs> but specifically the episode with the genie yeah. like specifically that one <laughs> the entire time I was like yeah or like the drag I mean I could go on but like I just there was like little nuggets and I was like hmm this just reminds me of of Geralt and I uh, can't remember the bard's name off the top of my head but their like dynamic reminded me a lot of that situation. <laughs> yes, that is that is very accurate. I, uh, I have another friend who we talked about. I don't know if you're familiar with like Top Gear um, yes. or the Grand. Okay, so like um, Clarkson and Hammond, they have like a very Clarkson kind of. Lo- oh my gosh, that's just going to change my entire frame of mind. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't realize until much later. I was like, oh gosh, did I so- like turn them into a fantasy character that's fantastic <laughs> that is the one car show that I agreed to watching with my husband mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he got me hooked on it and I actually love it now <laughs> so good it's very funny so I was gonna ask you something hang on let me get my my train of thought together I had a few things that I wanted to ask one of the things being is since you wrote this for based off a prompt you kind of were given the genre I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you your question did the genre yes. pick uh. you or did you pick this genre like so how did this work out for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's funny just turn it around on me oh yeah I was like <laughs> I'm gonna save that yeah, she literally she literally texted me and was like so she said this and we're gonna use that I was like, <laughs> awesome perfect <laughs> Uh, so the funny thing is like my, my brain immediately went to fantasy for this, um, for, well, no, I should back up when I was a kid, uh, my brother is six years older than I am. And when I was a kid, we used to listen to the Lord of the Rings, um, 
the BBC radio did this broadcast, this like fully uh, cast broadcast. Uh, it was about 13 hours long. We used to listen to it a lot and we used to pretend we were in the Lord of the Rings and, and, and play that out a lot. So fantasy, I fantasy is my genre. It just is. Uh, the funny thing about the Rebel Diaries prompt though, is that um, apparently a lot of people read the prompt as like superhero dynamic um there were, and there was a lot of fantasy but there's but there's like a whole range in the actual book uh which i was really surprised about because i had so laser focused in on this like being great for fantasy that it didn't really occur to me you could just do it with real life fiction <laughs> <laughs> you know as you say that i i immediately would agree mm -hmm. fantasy would be my first thought and i would have yeah. haven't really thought of any other genre to apply that style of writing even within the fantasy genre i would have definitely gone the same route that you went oh yeah absolutely yeah um but yeah there's and there are there are some fantasy stories in there but um there's one called the book thief no yeah. magic i don't think there's magic no there's i don't think so <laughs> um in the whole writing process since you've you've come out with two books you've had your little novellas what do you think is the most fun you've had while writing? Uh, any interaction between Reg, Mal and Reg or Mal and Gran. Uh, I love fun. Gran, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I got to Gran and I immediately Snapchatted Natalie and I was like, Gran is my favorite. I want to yes. be her when I grow up. Exactly, um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Gives zero bucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh absolutely yeah no and I, I love I love how throughout the book we learn more and more about Gran and Reg <laughs> is just like so just distraught by everything that he's learning and Al is like yes respect everyone's just like not my Gran what are you talking about she would never that's right so I'm actually um I'm I'm writing I don't know if it's going to be for Kindle Vela or if it's going to be just something else or like a separate book or I don't know what's going to be but um I'm running I'm writing a spin-off of like just grand stories from when she was at the academy that which we're yes. calling the grandthology like the yeah. anthology oh I love that, that. that amazing. oh my gosh snap oh snap so amazing I, I was literally gonna ask you I was like if you could do a spinoff who would yeah. it be of? yeah that was gonna be one of our questions so grand and, oh that's wonderful that's yeah. wonderful the novelette the novelette is uh Saffron and Goodfellow, and I might do another one with them to bridge between two and three. I'm not, I'm not quite sure yet, okay. but, um, but Grand is just, I like yeah. All right. And have you started working on book three? Are you? Yes. Yeah. I am not super far into it um, because number one, I'm, I'm writing the Granthology and I'm writing book uh, three, which is actually a nice, I like to play off two projects, but I'm also working on a middle grade, um, not Wittershins related story. And then work just got really nuts. <laughs> so my actual day job. <laughs> I'm going to pull from another interview that I read about that. And what, cause I'm kind of curious about this other book. Does it happen to be one of the other two books that you've been planning out? I saw in an interview that you did that there was one about a girl, uh, that 
she has magic but only the ruling families have magic or is it from the other one that you have kind of on the back burner yeah okay so so the one that i started trading words with with um with jl was the one where like she had she had magic but only the ruling families have magic so okay magic, right um that's actually not the one but i have so much content <laughs> Thanks for adding stuff to my pile. (laughs) I would read it. (laughs) No, but I love this because literally one of my things is I sit down on the card. I want to start working on something. Which one am I going to work on? Like, all right, I have this work in progress and this one and this one and this one. Then I have a new idea. And it's just, so it's great to know that that is just kind of how it is across the board. (laughs) Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, I'm so single-minded. So I, my book currently, I have finished it. I'm in the tedious editing process. Um, during the pandemic time, it gave me a really try- chance to reflect on it. And I actually, very similar to you, ended up writing this like five chapters and then deciding that there was too much content and it should be its own story. So I whacked it onto another document and then I had to rewrite an opening for it. But I created all this backstory that didn't exist in the original plot. So now I'm going through and just doing like continuity and being like, is this the right, like adding all those little nuggets in? It's just, oh, it's soul sucking for me. That is a really tough part. Like remembering what you said, that's actually, it's harder than (laughs) you wrote it but I know but like my memory's not great so exactly no so you seem it seems like you did a very traditional publishing process so so well sort of so I um so I had I actually had thought about querying uh but a few there are a few reasons why I ultimately decided not to I was trying to do something a little bit different with these books they're a little on the shorter side for fantasy reads uh I'm trying to like make make fetch happen um yeah. sort of like a beach read <laughs> fantasy niche you know mm-hmm. just like something super light what is it what is it they call it on tiktok now cozy fantasy cozy oh, yeah, like the cozy yeah. gaming cozy fantasy yeah yes yeah yeah, yeah. so it's so that kind of sort of like trying to and i know that like the legends and latte legends and lattes mm-hmm. right um like that's that's really like even more on on that mm-hmm. end uh because mine is still like an epic journey as well but uh but I just wanted something light something a little bit easier to read that you take in your beach bag go on vacation and like just have a nice time right um and I don't know what question you asked me to start this off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I'm so spicy. Oh, your uh publishing process so oh, yeah 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 right so <laughs> I thought I thought about querying but there are, are a lot of things that I was pretty sure a traditional publisher wasn't going to go for um with with this kind of story also uh like I said I was turning 40 and I thought why don't I just do the thing like this is the thing that I wanted to have done before I was 40 why don't I just I have friends in self-publishing. I, I listen to podcasts about it. It's not like I don't know anything about it. Took a course about it. And I was like, I can do this. I can do this. It's, a, I'm not gonna lie, it's a gigantic pain and money suck. Um, but it was really cool too. Like I did the whole thing. 
like from writing all the way through like, like organizing all the stuff through publishing it, getting it into people's hands. Like that was me. So that was kind of cool. Um, it's a lot of work though. And it's expensive. <laughs> I'm, I'm so close to that cusp of having to decide like what my next step, am I going to query? Am I going to self-publish? And I'm, I think I'm going to give it the good old college try yeah. and, and send out a few queries. There's something, I don't know. There's something in my soul that says, just do it because you don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I'm just going to listen to that little voice. And then I think we, I've like kind of thought out in my head, I'm going to give it like six months to a year. If I, I don't really know how long the process is to query a letter and do all that stuff. <laughs> so whatever the general timeline is, after that, <laughs> I'm just going to be like, well, they said no, or they ghosted me. So I'm just going <laughs> to self-publish. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, like, what, what do you have to lose but time? Exactly. That's, yeah, that's it. Exactly. And, and while that's being pushed out, I can work on either the prequel or the second book. So I have stuff that I can occupy myself with. <laughs> exactly. Until I know what I'm doing. Um, what do you do to celebrate when you finish writing a book? Like, even if it's the first draft or it's sent off to the publishers, do you have like a little celebration that you like to do? No, I am very bad at celebrating <laughs> accomplishments. However, we did get ice cream after like when book two came out we got ice cream that night nice <laughs> nice but in general I'm I'm very bad at that like every every time I think I'm gonna get to like the next milestone I'm like this is it like I'm gonna take a bath I'm gonna take off from work I'm gonna do that and I never do it <laughs> I have a very nice bottle of champagne just pushed all the way back in my fridge with the sticky note says win published novel <laughs> drink that's so good. That's good. That's awesome. That's right. I, I open my fridge uh, every day and I'm like, I see you. I, see you. <laughs> I know what I need to do. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, so cool. So cool. I'll do that for book three. There you, yeah. there you go. Oh yeah. That'd be perfect. Cause that's the whole trilogy. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. perfect. Um, let's see. I was going to ask you something and it, my, uh, it hurts. <laughs> I've been at, my brain is very frazzled today I um, was doing my mom came over at some point and like I ended up leaving my car doors open and then I was reading an article by you out loud because I was trying to process it and I instead of saying whoa instead of saying author's apothecary I kept saying author's apothecary and I, I kept I was like apothecary <laughs> and I was like that's not the right word it is the right word am I saying this right and I said I ended up snapchatting Megan and I was like she did yeah apothecary and I was like no apothecary I just apothecary. totally skipped this scene <laughs> so is the author's apothecary your side job is that your full job I see that you're also doing marketing <laughs> yeah. So, um, so my, my day job in my day job, I am the CEO and, um, messaging director for a, a creative agency here in Iowa. Uh, we do websites, we do branding, we do messaging, we do media for people like for businesses who are looking to either just get started or refresh their brand, whatever. Um, so that's my full-time job, but because I work in that space so much, um, but also write, 
I have noticed that there's like a gap between like what we do for larger companies, which is very expensive, and what knowledge is available for my author friends who just got into the business because they wanted to write a book, not because they wanted to be experts at branding or talking about themselves or marketing themselves and all that stuff. So I thought I would just sort of use some of the stuff that I learn and I do every day in my day job to maybe help out some people who are feeling a little lost on the like, get the word out side of things. Honestly, I love that. As somebody who's been writing from a really young age, and as soon as I had access to the internet, I... (laughs) was constantly looking up stuff and trying to find information and mm-hmm. it's so hard to find good I don't want to say like what's the word I'm looking for just like really good sound information a right. lot of times it's like these over formatted you know mm-hmm. seven tips on how to be the best author you can be and it's like <laughs> you know it's just all these like websites that are just trying to sell their product Mm-hmm. while trying to give you information it's not just like here is some stuff that you need to know about writing a book yeah yeah and I love that that's a resource that people can use and especially people who are coming and trying to become mm-hmm. authors and that they can find people like you on Instagram online and be like hey here's some great information for me yeah. So hopefully, I mean, I, I think people are feeling, finding it pretty, pretty useful, depending on, mostly I talk to people that are uh, newer in the author journey rather than like later established. I was like, I'm not, Joanna Penn is not going to come to my, yeah, great tip, Amy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but hopefully it helps some newer authors. Um, oh, it, I had it. It was in my head. I don't know anymore. Um, I'm the worst. <laughs> no, that this that's just how I've been all day. I've been like, what is what is happening? Oh, <laughs> for the love of coffee, we have I have to ask you about your coffee addiction. Mm, From yes. one coffee addict yes. to another Two to another. <laughs> to <Yep>. another. <laughs> I was reading your little bio and I was having again a moment. And it says something about how many cups of coffee, 2.4 million cups of coffee too. <laughs> so when I first read that, I thought it said 2.4 milliliters of coffee. Like <laughs> that's how much you drank in a day. I don't know. And I, and I was like, no, 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 no. You got to reread that again. <laughs> do you have a preferred coffee drink that you get from Starbucks or do you like make stuff at home for yourself? Yeah. So I mostly make stuff at home. We have a, um, Oh, I can't think mocha master, like coffee maker <laughs> thing. Um, it's delicious. Makes great coffee. Uh, but, um, and I, so I used to have like a pretty much a, a pretty complicated Starbucks order, but what happened was I started getting invited to like business meetings at Starbucks and somebody be like, Hey, I'm, I'm paying. What's your order? And I didn't want to be like, well, <laughs> can you take notes? You know, yeah. so I was like mm, coffee with cream. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I mean, now that's like just my order all the time, pretty much. So, Amy, one thing that I've discovered through this interview is that um, we are scarily similar in so many ways. I literally have a Mocha Master in my kitchen right now. I've never met anybody else that had one. It's perfect. I'm like, I mean, we have to say birthday, your uh, Gryffindor turn Sitting here, to like, sitting here I'm just like, all right, you two have to <laughs> 
I keep making all these faces while you're talking and I'm just like, holy crap, we are the same person. This is like amazing and terrifying she's, all at the same she's, time. She's going to go back and edit all of this and just be like, why am I making this face? Why? What is this <laughs> yes. face? What's happening here? I'm like, I'm like, oh my, I'm thinking about all the reels that I'm going to make. Yep. I'm gonna like just have all these crazy expressions. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, so I have a quick question. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's one we've talked about before, but um, we haven't actually said your author pen name yet. Um, oh, yeah. just been saying Amy, but yeah, author pen name, A.E. Kincaid. Um, so this is something that Natalie and I have talked about a lot, especially since we were both um, educators um, and whether or not to use full name or a pen name or whatever. So, um, what made you choose to use that? Um, and then how did you come up with it? So my name is Amy Merce. That's my name. My genre is fantasy. I just didn't see someone going up to like a table at Barnes and Noble and be like, Amy Merce, she definitely knows about fantasy. <laughs> Right. I just didn't see it. I don't know. Um, like I, I, uh, so in my day job, I do this messaging, I'm writing, I'm designing a framework and I'm writing a, a book that will be like my nonfiction life will be Amy Merckx, but I just, it didn't feel right for fantasy. So I was like, okay, well then I need a new name. Um, and I went with Kincaid because one of my absolute favorite books growing up is called From the Mix-Up Files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweiler by E.L. Konigsberg. Mm -hmm. And in it, there are uh, two siblings, Claudia and James Kincaid. And Claudia decides that she's going to run away from home. She lives in Greenwich, Connecticut. And if you're familiar at all of Greenwich, Connecticut, is basically like a very expensive suburb of New York City, a commuter suburb. Um, and, uh, there's all this injustice in her life because she has to do things like the dishes and empty <laughs> the garbage cans. And this is just, it's not fair. So she's running away. <laughs> and, uh, but she, but she doesn't, she couldn't run away to like the woods or something. I mean, that's just dirty. Right. So she just, she plans out this whole thing and she runs away to the museum of natural history uh, uh museum yeah no museum of modern art in new york city and she takes her brother because he's rich um <laughs> like her younger brother he's like nine or something she's like you you save all your money so you're coming with me <laughs> i love this book it holds up i've listened to it again and like read it again as an adult it holds up they are two of my favorite characters that have ever been created in anything i've ever written oh. and i just thought it was perfect so kincaid claudia <laughs> I love that. That is awesome. That is really cool. Because we've both talked about pen mm -hmm. names. I, for a long time, have considered a pen name. My, I don't, you probably, I don't know if I ever messaged you from my personal account. My pen name apparently is Natalie Aaron. <laughs> it is, it like adopted me, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Between teaching and I have a YouTube channel where I do cooking videos. Natalie Aaron became my name because I didn't want my students to find me. Right. And yeah. now everything yeah. is Natalie Aaron. <laughs> and people have been asking me, they're like, where did Aaron, how did you get Aaron? And I was just like, it's my husband's middle name. <laughs> like, it's not very fancy. It's just like, I didn't want to have anything to do with me and, or my married name. 
So I went with his middle name and now it's my photography business. It's my YouTube persona. It's my email address. <laughs> it's everywhere. Well, that's, I mean, that's awesome because uh, like that it's already worked in as part of your life because I hate having a pen name all the time. It's weird being like, luckily I like kept Amy, you know, but like, mm -hmm. It's weird. It's weird to me not to be myself. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and it, from a, from a, um, like a financial, like mm -hmm. tax and like mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. It, it's very confusing to me too. That is the only drawback for that is yeah. when I get people who write me checks to pay me and they put Aaron on there and I'm like, that's not my name. It's <laughs> not my name, but I, okay, we'll work with this. <laughs> that's, that's good to know because yeah, I am not quite as far along in the writing process as, um, either of you. Um, but I do have things that I do want to do. And again, the students, I would love to use my full name, but students, you know, they find literally everything. I think my first, I learned that my first year teaching where my students were Googling me and they pulled up an article from when I had gone uh, to do archeology span in Italy that I didn't even know had been written. And I was like, <laughs> they're like, oh, this is a really cool article. I was like, wait, where did you find that? I, I didn't know that existed. How did you find that? It's about what are you doing? So they find literally everything at least you're finding um, interesting things about you <laughs> yeah luckily luckily nothing you know too too crazy but <laughs> that has been something that I struggled with where I've gone through all sorts of different from like using family names to using a mixture of my name and family names to just like completely out their names mm -hmm. just trying to find something nothing is stuck yet so we'll see if you know I end up <laughs> doing that or not but <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I like, I like that at the very least I'm Amy, like across the board, I'm yeah. just Amy, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that would be my one bit of advice. If you choose a pen name, mm -hmm. maybe keep your first name. Maybe keep your first name. Solid. Yeah. That's, yeah, honestly, that's solid advice. good advice. Good advice. I always <laughs> thought about writing under a pen name before my students was, I didn't really want my family to find out. That's <laughs> <laughs> you. Honestly, same. Like, yeah. You don't, yeah. you don't need to read this. <laughs> you don't need to know about this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> this has completely nothing to relate with that, but I'm just kind of curious. Who do you relate to more, Mal or Reg? Like, who do you feel oh, like yeah. you're yeah. like similar yeah. to? Uh, so I, I, um, Reg. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of me and Reg. Uh, not, not a lot. Uh, two main things. One, uh, I have been known to <clears throat> get hurt. And then my first instinct is, it's to throw up like really hurt, but <laughs> really, like I broke my ribs, right? Like not like I stubbed my toe, like nothing mm -hmm. like that. Like yeah. I broke my ribs. Yeah. And like, once the shock was starting to like come down, I was really realizing what happened. Like that was my first instinct. <laughs> um, so, so Reg and I align there. And also, um, I mean, without giving too much away, there is a moment between Reg and Mal um, where they clash and the things that Reg says to Mal, the things that he realizes that have like come out because of his interactions with Mal, like from himself, uh, that is a journey that I have been on personally as well, um, where I, I 
<clears throat> I never considered myself, I was like a pretty vanilla, pretty even keel person until I met this one other person. And then it really like, yeah. it affected me. Yeah. So, um, so in those, in those ways, I will tell you that Mel says a lot of things that I would love to say. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to say that I'm Mel, but like, oh I no, I am hands down red, 100%. Yeah, like I would love to be the main character in a fantasy book, but I would absolutely handle it the exact same way that Red does. <laughs> like, do we really have to go into the dark woods? Like, I really, do, are you sure we have to go in there? I really don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely feel like I would be the main character, but not willingly like yeah. it's just it's like <laughs> yeah. damn it I have to do this because no one else apparently is doing it like I'm just picking up the slack because <laughs> I apparently am there <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar with um Terry that author Terry Pratchett he wrote like uh I think it's like 27 novels uh, in a um uh, universe called the Discworld and one set of those is the Night Watch and the the main character in that is Sam Vimes he's a detective and he, my husband and I both love him because that's him. Like he does not want to be the hero of this story, but nobody else is doing anything. So exactly. It's like yeah. I'm not trying to take control of the situation, but apparently I'm the only person who is level-headed enough and kind of knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's just me. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Um do we do you, Megan do you have any spoiler questions that you want to ask I do have some spoiler questions yes so if we want to give our uh spoiler warning from here on out in the show there will be spoilers for the um two books so if you don't want to hear those don't listen turn it <laughs> off and then come back um okay so I'm curious now that you brought up the moment I'm curious what moment you're talking about now that we're in the spoiler warning um which moment was it with them yeah. getting at each other so right before um mal calls the quarrel reg like basically lets us he's like he's like i was never angry before i met you like i didn't even know what that was mm -hmm. and um and that's that's the moment like that's the the one main parallel between my life and his life is that there was somebody in my life who i i didn't even know really what it meant to get angry until i met this person I will tell you though, it did change the trajectory of my life quite significantly. I became much more competitive, much more like in charge of my own life. So it's not all bad, but like yeah. there was that moment where I was like, I don't even know what this emotion is. But I, mm, okay, anger. <laughs> that was that was one of my favorite moments. I love all of the moments where either of them are like doing something, and they're like, wait a minute, what happened? <laughs> why am I like this? Or they're just doing something like, especially now when he's suddenly like, wait, Reg, you're going to get hurt. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> he's like, I don't actually care. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, but you do. You really do. <laughs> and it's just so great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you kind of already answered this with, um, when you and uh, uh, we're talking about how you started the book um, since it was a prompt. Um, though, so the question was why Malice is protagonist, why not Reginald? You kind of already answered that. But um, to kind of 
change that question up a little bit. Um, why did you decide to continue on with Mal instead of kind of, or um, what made you decide not to do like a dual point of view between Mal and Reg? Yeah, I, you know, um, so I thought about that a lot, um, but honestly, Reg was not that interesting a character on his own. <laughs> until book two he just that's, he's not that, yeah that's a fair point yeah you know like uh he just the things that he would have to say would have slowed the pace mm -hmm. and I just didn't want that and because I then did the the 0.5 is all Mal and then the first book is all Mal and then I thought you know what I'm just I'm going Mal yeah. here but I have thought it'd be really an interesting thing for like a like a newsletter perk to like maybe write a scene from Reg's point of view or something just to, yeah. I can tell you yeah. as a reader, <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Please, please. Just like a little, like a little short story novella or something from Ridge's point of view. I can't tell you how many times, <laughs> just broadly, I have read a book and then I go online to see if some fan has written the other person's <laughs> point of view. I was like, I just need a little nugget somewhere. So yeah. as yeah. a fan, yeah. yes, please write yeah. it. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, not to add another thing to your plate <laughs> right yeah you know you don't need more uh, um so one thing that i was curious about is um what is janice's real name because you started saying it in the book um uh, then like she got cut off so reginald's mom <laughs> that's I was, right like, i was reading it and i was like wait no what is it what is it what is it do you have a full name for her or yeah I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's like Moonflower okay okay because I saw the Moo and I was like wait wait what could this be and I was like sitting there thinking all right Moo and it just could not could not get it together yeah I wanted That's to be amazing. something like kind of trippy that like everyone <laughs> thought of and that like a straight lace person would hate and yeah Janice <laughs> that is that is fantastic <laughs> I love that I love that that is fantastic. Um, so what inspired you to write the more silly scenes? So like, I'm thinking about the, uh, the scene where they both get drunk and they oh get gosh. tattoos. <laughs> that, so that was great. Yeah, that I, I actually like, I was laughing out loud writing this. I was like, what would be the most ridiculous thing they could get up to at this point in their relationship, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, it would be terrible for them to get drunk. They would definitely get tattoos and they would be bad. <laughs> they were so bad. <laughs> so I just, that's almost my, my entire motivation. Like, like every time I don't know what to do, I'm like, what would be the worst possible thing for them? And that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. I love, I loved all the little silly scenes that you threw in there that didn't really like mess with the quest that they were on but it just added so much more to their relationship and their dynamic and that that is probably one of my favorite scenes especially like right after it hits them <laughs> and they're just like oh my god reg you're a dragon <laughs> we should get tattoos and i'm just like wait what's happening <laughs> yeah no that's um basically from there through chaz I, I just, I mostly, Chaz. yeah, Chaz, Chaz, Chaz is another one. I didn't know, I didn't know if you guys had read the second book, so I didn't say it, but like also fun is writing Chaz. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I, as soon as Chaz came in, I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I love all the like the modern day Easter eggs mm-hmm. it throughout the series. So like Chaz, uh, Chad. Uh, <laughs> I just, I love that so much. <laughs> I have to say, so I have two questions. Mm-hmm. One, would you ever consider getting a matching tattoo with them? <laughs> and two, um, the way you interject humor into your writing is very unique and I personally love it. And I love finding authors who can add humor and that banter to their writing style. And one, I'm in awe of it. Two, how do you do it? And three, are you like this witty and humorous in day-to-day conversations? Like, is it just come naturally to you? Like, how did you (laughs) discover this well of humor? Um, well, okay. This is, oh, this is actually probably going to sound a little bit sad, but when I was a kid, I did not talk a lot because I never knew what to say. Like I didn't answer questions in school and I didn't know how to interact with people. And, um, I still can be kind of awkward when I don't know what, like when you're like just a normal social situation. But so what I used to do was my dad is very funny. And there were like a lot of kids in my class who were very funny. And I literally would just like watch them like, why? is what they're doing funny why is what they said funny like, i was like pull it apart so i ravenclaw um yeah 100 <laughs> humor but then i don't know and then at some point maybe i relaxed or so, i don't know so now it's just I, I don't i don't really know i feel like i used to be able to explain how i wrote funny things but i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> what what the process was now it just happens because because the characters are funny right yes yeah yeah Uh, a lot of it comes down to like even plot like if you have if you know your characters really well and your character um is allergic to nuts then when they are presented with nuts one of two things happens they either don't eat the nuts or they have an allergic reaction right but if you if they're presented with nuts and you don't know that about them you don't know what to do next Mm -hmm. So I try to learn as much as I can about the characters so that I know how they will react in whatever situation is presented. Totally agree. Totally Very agree. cool. So um, going back to creating characters, are you the type of person where you like create character sheets and like you plan out, this is my character before you start writing, or do you find out these things as you go or a bit of both? Yeah, it's a bit of both. Um, I like to have some general ideas about how they interact with the world. Um, Like, are they an Enneagram nine or like what, you know, you know, those kinds of things. Like, are they an introvert? Are they an extrovert? Um, What, what's their background? Like, because having their background will also inform a lot about how they might react to certain situations. Um, So I like to have some of that ahead of time but then a lot of times I learn things along the way like yeah. about Graham mostly <laughs> <laughs> a wealth of wisdom oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that she is oh, that's so fascinating yeah. I I have full-on character sheets like oh, name. Yeah. so good <laughs> it's so good it's it helps me because for me when I when I started writing honestly I was on Pinterest of all places and I found like a quote and as soon as I read the quote, I was like, there's my story. And from there, since I knew what the story was, I started creating my characters. Mm-hmm. When I was at work, 
I was, I was, I think I was teaching a cooking class and while the students were cooking, I was just jotting down names, locations, anything that I could get out of my head. And I have all of it neatly written out and everything. It's, <laughs> it's, right now. it's so bad. So when I started writing my second book, started planning it out, I knew who was going to be in it. And I knew that I needed a few extra sheets just in case I created a character on the whim. So at the front of my planning notebook, it has every single character and a brief bio about them. So I knew <laughs> as I was planning it out, I'd be like, hmm, I can go back to my character list and then write my planning. Gosh, I'm so envious right now. Like be still my heart. That's my dream. Like I am, mm-hmm. I dream of being an organized person. <laughs> oh, that's the only place I'm organized. <laughs> Nowhere else. <laughs> everything we, else is pure chaos when we first started the podcast and even now still some will be like talking before we do something and she's like great so I have my notes on this envelope um <laughs> <laughs> and I have notes here and then I have notes here and I'm just as chaotic as well I love character sheets but my problem is I get so caught up in the character sheets that then I don't write anything so I feel like <laughs> you know it's I for me personally I need to find that balance that I just not quite found yet uh, but we're getting there we're getting there <laughs> I will tell you this um so before I started writing books I mean I've, I've written like basically since fourth grade you know right um we most of us right we've been writing stories oh, yeah. for a long time but which but in in truth my um my background is in like copywriting and article writing I was a news writer for a while um and then I was in you know in marketing so copywriting and a trick that a colleague of mine taught me uh at Syracuse was to write the words garbage copy at the beginning just like that's how you start your doc right garbage copy and then write whatever comes to mind and there was something really freeing about seeing the word garbage at the top of the page because I knew I could write whatever I wanted. I was going to see it, like maybe something cool would come out of it. It wouldn't be garbage. I could delete that. But if it was bad, it didn't matter. It was my garbage copy. And I have that. I feel like that is a, a really freeing thing for me personally. Um, it has allowed me to write through some, I mean, I have written some shit like sentences like just terrible absolutely terribly embarrassing right <laughs> like I didn't show up in the book so yeah yeah, yeah that's something that like keeps me going I guess that that's awesome I saw something online once and I do this now um where it says write your first tracking draft in comic sans oh. and then it'll just like if you write it in Comic Sans, then you're just going to keep writing. And oh my gosh, does it freaking work? Like oh I am, I will start I writing never. and I'll get like, I'll get stuck. I'm like, why can't I write? I'm like, oh, because it's in Times New Roman or Ariel or whatever it is. And I'm like, oh, I just changed it over to Comic Sans. Now it's Uh-oh. not the best, but oh, no, see, I love Comic Sans. I, I like that tea tree. I use it for teaching stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it, it actually works. So okay. it's kind of the same thing because it's Comic Sans. You don't take it seriously. So it's not, you know, you're not stressed about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could never. My <laughs> so like, my, my word. So, <laughs> so I have a degree in art and, and I have st- studied text and serifs and sans serifs and all of those things. And I could never do that. Like, 
I am such a visual person that I have like my top five tech fonts on like saved at the top so I can go through them. My novel has, I think, three different fonts within it because of dialect. And I like I have the normal font and then I have the thought thought font and then I have my like foreign language font for when they're speaking in different languages. I'm like, I could never do that. <laughs> oh, you would you would absolutely hate my class because like literally everything worksheets, every I'm like comic sans. <laughs> now I will admit my Kendall is in Comic Sans-ish because I read, I'm dyslexic. So like I read with dyslexic font and that is why they invented Comic Sans. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I Comic Sans and the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Comic Sans and variants of that was specifically invented for people who are dyslexic because of the spacing between the lettering and how mm -hmm. the letters connect. Mm -hmm. And it makes it much easier and it's, you're less likely to flip your words and okay. I only recently realized that your Kindle has the option for you to have dyslexic on there and I it really has improved my reading experience that's so good that is awesome <laughs> there, Thanks, there have been Tom moments, <laughs> moments <laughs> that I've been reading books and I like run into the other room and I was like oh my god somebody <laughs> has lost their head and they're headless and no one's reacting and my husband's like are you sure they lost their head? And, I was like, and then I, I I go back and I and I was like, no, that was that was a different word. <laughs> like cool, 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 cool. <laughs> it was a me problem. <laughs> All right, I want to. I think I have like. Do you have any more questions about? Um, I just have one more question. Go um, for it. I have one more right. question too. Awesome. So uh, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I was curious because I noticed like halfway through the first book, I was like, oh my gosh, wait, she has chapter titles and you don't see that often anymore. And I remember seeing something online where it was like, why does no one do chapter titles anymore? And I love chapter titles. Um, so what made you make that decision to have chapter titles? I love them. Yeah, I they're great. Them. I love how they like, they can like toy with you. Um, I don't know if you remember, but um, I think uh, JK Rowling released Spinner's End. She like released two mm. titles, like from that book. And one of them was Spinner's End. And I was like, oh, okay, is it about a spider? Like <laughs> I, I just I, like, went on this like, yes. what could it be, right? I like them, uh, so mm. I, even though I said it was kind of a pain mm. uh, titling some of them. In fact, so many of them I think start with the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a great thing, <laughs> but um, but I just like them. No, well, I have chapter titles for all of my chapters. As well, yeah, I so do too. I I love chapter titles, but you don't see them often, and I'm like, but I want, I need like a little bit of snippet of like what's to come in the chapter. <laughs> I also exactly. feel like when I want to go back and reread a chapter or something, I can go mm -hmm. and find the chapter name and I can know it's because after you've read it, you're like, ah, yes, it was, I don't mm -hmm. know, this chapter and you can just go straight to it, which yeah. I think is brilliant because like I decided to reread a scene <laughs> from Akamath today just because I needed it in my life. There's our, there's our Sarah J. Mass tally. Um, oh, you're right. The Sarah J. Mass tally. This is my Sarah J. Mass shelf. I see that. Yeah. <laughs> Lord of the 
the Rings is behind me. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, but I couldn't find it. And I was going to text you, Megan, but I knew you were teaching. So I, you wouldn't be able to answer my question. And I Googled it and I Googled it and I couldn't find it. And I was just like, if only it had chapter title. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if only I could have found I'm that. I'm curious, what scene was it that you were trying to find? When she touches his wings and he's like, they're ticklish, don't touch them. <laughs> I know it's before, I think it's like chapter 49 or chapter 50, something like that. Okay, I thought Somewhere it was around like, there. I thought it was like chapter 15. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a slow burn book. That I know. a pretty slow burn book. <laughs> but like, I don't know why. I thought it was towards the beginning, not so close to chapter 55. <laughs> so I never got to read it. <laughs> I'm going to read it after this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so my last question for this lovely interview, this time that we've had together is, We've talked briefly about what you've been working on and things that you have planned for the future, but just to kind of sum up everything, what is, I guess, kind of in a weird way, who do you think we should interview next? If during our author series, um, an underappreciated author, maybe an underappreciated book series, somebody that you yourself love and have read or want to promote, we would like to hear about that. Who... Who do you think should be next in our series? Oh gosh, so many wonderful people I can think of. Two of them right off the bat, I thought of immediately. One is, is my critique partner, uh, JL Vampa. I don't know if she would want to do a podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, sometimes she, she uh, gets a little nervous talking with people, but if she would, she is a wonderful person. She's got like all this interesting background. She also owns like a uh, a shop and and she's just got like a really cool perspective and this book um so I have been reading her work for a while and I read this book uh as like a alpha reader and I said this is your book this is the book that is going to do this is going to like make you a name because this is so good um so I'm very proud of her and I think she's a lovely person and then uh Sarah L. Blair writes the um the, uh, I'm going to say heart of darkness. It's not heart of darkness. <laughs> uh, like when darkness calls, she's got this uh, Ties of Darkness series and it is good. Like I am not a big paranormal reader. I am not really a romance <laughs> reader. It's so good. It's so good. And um, yeah, yeah. I just, I was blown away by like like taking a chance on like a person I didn't make I knew her a little bit it wasn't really a fan of the genre and I am hooked it's so good oh okay writing good that down that, those, that, those are our genres so very much so very Perfect. much so excellent yeah. Yeah. um okay. before we wrap up is there anything that you want to let our audience know about you that's coming out where to find you things like that yeah sure uh so you can Find me as my author self at, um, mostly I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Facebook, uh, but mostly I'm on Instagram <laughs> at a.e.kincaid. And I also do, if you are an author listening to this podcast, I do run the author apothecaries at the dot author.apothecary account, um, where I do not, I'm not like peddling services and things like that all the time. It really is just supposed to be helpful at this point. So um, if you are having any trouble with the non-writing, but the like post-writing stuff of branding and marketing and messaging, you can find me there. Wonderful, wonderful. So awesome. guys, 
check out the duology and hopefully it will be a trilogy before you know it. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being on this episode, our first episode of They Know How to Write. I got it right. (laughs) A series. (laughs) We are so happy that you kicked off this series and we can't wait to hopefully talk to you again when your next book comes out. Thank you so much. This was really fun. It was absolutely a joy. (laughs) Thanks guys for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.